Hello and welcome to the podcast. This welcome. Is, this is a new everybody. podcast. It, it might have been like demon possessed. It was a fairly large, mutated-looking chicken. We were born in the north, but we grew up in the south. We learned all of our words from Pennsylvania. And people are like, that's toboggan. That little toboggan it's not there. a toboggan. A toboggan is a sled. Okay. Yo, it's three inches, baby. <laughs> Dude, I can't take it. Welcome back to this yep. week's episode. We're very glad you're here. Nobody can hear you with that on <laughs> Take it out. Uh, yeah. We're really glad you're here. Um, this is episode 122. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy, though? Yeah. Um, I know it hasn't happened as of this recording, but mm-hmm. this has happened as people are watching this. What's happened? Thanksgiving. Oh, Thanksgiving. We hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Yeah. Last week, we talked about things we were thankful for. If you haven't done that, give it a shot before the end of the year. <clears throat> it's really good to do. Yeah. It's good to be thankful. It's a good time, actually, to reflect. Yeah. I and feel also, like... go listen to our last week's episode if you haven't. Yeah. I feel like Thanksgiving, a lot of people just skim over it, but mm-hmm. take the time to be thankful. I yeah. mean, truly be thankful. Yeah. Um. And also just to acknowledge that there was good things that happened this past year mm-hmm. for most people. There was good things. And it's, this year is really hard to, a lot of people are like, oh, nothing but bad. Yeah. You know, they just want to get past 2020, but. This year has been good for me. 2020 is not a year I mean, to throw away. Yeah, there's been some downs, ups, spin arounds, but. Spin arounds. <laughs> but most of all. A lot of good stuff though. I think it's a growth year, so it's a good year. Yes, yes, for sure. Um, have you watched any good movies lately? Yes, no. <laughs> um, I mean, I've watched some, but I don't want to talk about them on the podcast. Why? Because they're no good. Jonah Hill movies. Oh, <laughs> yeah, they're just comedy movies. Yeah, just funny. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been watching The Mandalorian, been keeping up with that. Uh, I don't know. Oh, the yeah. Mandalorian's yeah. got me a little bit nostalgic. I find myself watching YouTube videos about Star Wars theories and stuff, even though I don't normally do that. But Mandalorian's done a few things really well. Yeah. <laughs> it's got me in the mood. That's kind of what I've been watching, though. Uh, see, I yes, I watched a couple episodes of The Mandalorian in preparation for the Star Wars episode. For some reason, I need to go back and watch the first season because I realized watching that there was a couple episodes I missed mm-hmm. on the first season. And I need to go back and just kind of binge it all at mm-hmm. once. Yeah. Which, that's something. Maybe I should. You guys have. Uh, you Disney can skip Plus. the episode with Bill Burr. <laughs> 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 that um, one wasn't really pertinent. Um, but yeah, the the you should definitely watch it. Um, you, I mean, if you want, we could watch it tonight after this episode if you want. If you want to, <laughs> we can watch some tonight after. Like the like. first season? No. Because that's what I want. I need to go back and watch it because I missed some of you the missed story. Too much. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, you, you can you can come over and we'll watch it sometime. Yeah. Um. But anyways, uh, could I throw something out there? It's not really film news related, but it's yeah. something that I've decided to do. And it's uh, in regarding to health and in regarding to this Winter, cold, dry, COVID season. Okay. It's coming up. Yeah. Joe Rogan always says this, so I figured, hey, maybe people that listen to us <laughs> could choose to do this as well. Yeah. I went and got myself at Walgreens. They had a buy one, get one free 
some great vitamins, vitamin C and vitamin D. Mm. And I uh, just want to throw that out there <laughs> real quick. Because, I mean, you know, the it's going to be... Some greens? Yeah. It's it's going to be a season of, of sickness, whether it's COVID or it's the flu or it's the cold. You know, and we got to build our immune systems. Because our immune systems, we're not out in the sun enough. Can we're, I, not, can we're not getting our vitamins. What's the best thing for me? And I, I say this very loosely. I did it at one point mm-hmm. religiously. Okay. I stopped doing it and realized... That when I am doing it strict and religiously, mm-hmm. I'm completely well. There, I never get any sniffles. I never do get anything. And I have perfect health. And this is the ultimate thing that's going to keep you healthy. What is it? What do you think it is? Uh, exercise? No. Um, eat. Drinking right. a gallon of water oh. every day. If you, and I'm dead serious about this. I Not all at once because that like, could harm you. No. But drinking a gallon of water throughout the day. Throughout the day. You're gonna um, pee a lot. Yes, you will pee a lot and not really having any other sugary liquids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> I did I would drink like a coffee in the morning. This is usually what I do. I have one coffee yep. in the morning and that kind of gives me enough awake caffeine. And gives me a, a little boost. bit of something that's not water. Also, coffee's really good for your liver. Like it cleans it out a lot like that in citrusy foods like oranges and this is not a, a health and wellness podcast <laughs> yeah but anyway uh but yes a gallon of water i would like to try to start doing that i need to carry a gallon around with me though yeah or at least like half a gallon bottle yeah so that i know i have to drink two of those yeah that that's definitely i and yeah you do pee a lot but <laughs> that definitely will help with your health i know mm-hmm. i did that for like Six months to a year straight. Yeah, it was really good. And I didn't feel bad at all during that time. Really? I stopped because it just becomes a hassle with work and peeing too much. And And you have to constantly be like, all right, drink water. Yeah. Do a few things, drink water. You know, to down a gallon, that's a good good amount. Mm. I'm going to do it, though. Between a gallon of water, daily vitamin C, vitamin, and vitamin D, vitamin. Go to Walgreens. Actually, they might... You know, check CVS, check out Walgreens. They have really good uh, vitamin options. I got both 100 tablets of both mm-hmm. for like $13. Like, it was great. Yeah. Um, so go uh, go get yourself some vitamins and drink a gallon of water because we want everyone to be healthy. And we thought I just, I, I just kind of wanted to throw that out at the beginning because, <sighs> yeah. It's good. Something else I want to start doing. I know Yeah, we were talking about uh, fitness and Sober October's done, but I'm kind of, I had my break not doing any exercise after Sober October. Now back I'm getting back, back into it. I really want to, a couple times a week, find somewhere, maybe here in Virginia, because this place is very, because we're close to the beach. There's a mm-hmm. lot of like hippie-ish vibes close to the <laughs> beach more. I want to find a good place where, and even if it's hippie, I would still want to go like a good yoga place that's oh, yeah. not too expensive i can go take a couple classes a week and just do it for fun that'd be good yeah i've been i've wanted i've thought about the idea of doing some brazilian jiu-jitsu <laughs> but the classes is like um it can be around like 150 to 200 bucks a month for only like four classes one a week and so i don't know that's quite a bit of money for where i'm at right now but yeah, I like the idea about yoga. You should do it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. 
anything that's fun that's physical is good. Um, but so yeah, so you haven't seen any good films recently besides Jonah Hill. You're not watching any good shows because you're not much of a show dude. Right now, no, I haven't been watching a lot. Let me ask you this: Are they still selling DVDs at all? Like mm-hmm. anybody? A little bit. Do people still sell DVDs like at Walmart or Target or someplace. Yeah. Because I heard on a on a a YouTube video that they're saying DVDs are pretty much done. Yeah, like, pretty much. Well, they they're pretty much done, but they're still selling them. Mm-hmm. Like they're still making them and selling them. Yeah. I'm. They're still making a bunch of Blu-rays. They yeah, always I'm have the hard how copies. Many they are actually copying and producing. And I wonder. How many people, like, use them? You I know? kind of stopped buying them. Yeah, and you are a big collector. Do you think people, like, for a while bought them and then just did the digital download and just had it? Mm-hmm. And now now the only reason to buy it is for, like, I guess nostalgia and to get that digital download probably. Yeah. Because people are, because you can get it on all your devices and everything. I don't know. I just thought of it. I was like, it took threw me off guard because I was thinking, I thought they still make DVDs. I didn't think they were just completely done. Yeah. I they do, but I think it's pretty much done. Gotcha. That and theaters I think are pretty much done. <laughs> so you're still you're still on this theaters are done kind yeah. of mindset. I'm sad, but yes. I think theaters not have officially technically done. opened up a little bit since COVID, but I mean we'll see. I think they might go back down. They might shut back down. And this is the theater season. Mm. I mean, going to the movies here right before Christmas, this is like when all of the big blockbusters came out. This is like when everything was taking place that everyone was going. You know, families in town, you go see a movie together. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now all of a sudden, I really doubt right before Christmas, many theaters are going to be open. <laughs> no, it's kind of sad. I there, What movie was it? Uh, Maverick. Mm-hmm. Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. They still haven't released Still that. haven't released it. It's supposed to come out 4th of July. Have not come out yet. They pushed it back till December. Sometime the beginning of December. Uh-huh. I don't still know if it's out. coming out. Haven't heard anything. We'll see. Yeah. Anywho, we have a topic for you guys that we're going to dive yeah. into. Uh, this is definitely in the geek genre. Mm-hmm. We're going to try to break some stuff down, give some ideas and thoughts about it, and also analyze the creator of this specific thing. Joshua? Tell us what it is. We are talking about... What's the guy's name? J.R.R. Tolkien. Oh, no, I was <laughs> going to say, I was going to throw a joke in there and I totally lost my joke. <laughs> We're talking about languages yes. of Middle Earth, created by the wonderful and creative and brilliant J.R.R. Tolkien. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk about some comments that he's made about uh, creating languages for his story mm-hmm. of Middle-earth and Lord of the Rings. And also we're going to break down a little bit of how, well, to help the, oh, understand a little bit more. So you yeah. can go look on YouTube and, and um, you know, look up how were Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. characters' names you know, created. Yeah. And then when you hear people talk about it, you'll understand some of the terminology a little bit better based on what we tell you here. And at the very end, I am going to give you that. Now this is a little bit of a, you're going to try to say something. No, there, there's a tease that I'm going to give you. Uh, I'm going to give you the translation of Legolas's Legolas, his mm. name. Yeah. 
according to what the exact translation was originally. Now, it's not a big deal. It's not crazy, but it is kind of humorous. So I thought I'd tease it at the beginning yeah. and then kind of end the episode giving you what his tra- what the translation of Legolas's name is. Yes. Um, I have a paper, by the way. First off, so I there's think... There's a lot of stuff to remember. Yeah. First off, I think we should talk about why he wrote uh, Lord of the Rings. Because we talked about this on an episode before, I think, mm-hmm. to where... The purpose of writing Lord of the Rings yes. was not to write the story Lord of the Rings. He didn't just come up with the idea. Mm-hmm. He created these languages, started off actually with Elvish, I think, and then he he had the language of Elfish, and he wanted to create a back story for this language so that this language had purpose and it had a meaning behind it. Yes. Essentially, he said that... Um, Well, the way he actually saw stories. So he was a linguist. He knew a lot of stuff about language. It was something that he was interested in. He always kind of made fun of himself Mm -hmm. saying like, oh, this is my silly hobby or this is like my, in in his fancy English Mm -hmm. words, like his geeky uh, obsession. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's something I wanted to get into before we started just getting into the whole thing was Mm -hmm. why like, because when you think of language and this is getting deep into Mm -hmm. it, What's the purpose of language? To communicate. To communicate. Yeah. So there's a couple reasons kind of how you communicate, like especially in English, we have communicating very basic. So it's like someone who doesn't know English, they can kind of communicate, be like bathroom, mm-hmm. uh, food, you mm-hmm. know, yep. type thing. And we know what they're saying. We can kind of communicate a little bit, but... Then there's also us just having a conversation and trying to get deep meaning out of something. And then there's also, in English, and this is a big thing, I don't Mm -hmm. know, compared to other cultures, it's hard to kind of translate. There's slang words. Yes. Slang, when it comes to like English, like throwing shade. Someone who doesn't know English, probably it's hard for them to comprehend yes. things like throwing shade because shade is not, it has nothing to do with shade like being shaded. Yes. They hear, hear the word shade and they're like, wait, shade? What, what does that mean? <laughs> so when you think about languages and creating languages, you have to think about all that type of stuff. Yes, absolutely. Now, I will say, I need to preface this. I don't know if you knew this. Tell mm-hmm. me if you did or not. Did you know, so... In relation to Star Trek, they people go out and say, I can speak Klingon. Mm-hmm. Did you know that all of the languages J.R.R. Tolkien created are not complete enough to speak? And also, well, no, this is a quote by him. Yeah. And it is true by cross-referencing. There's not enough to it. It's too complex. He said in an interview where he said, I don't want people to create this cult or this little club where you go out and have coffee and talk to your friends (laughs) in Elvish or Dwarvish. He said, first of all, that's not the thing I'm intending. This is to reinforce this story. Um, And then also, he said, and it's too complicated. I'm not even anywhere close to completing a language. Yeah. Yes. So he didn't he didn't okay. view it as highly as we might view it today. Yeah. But he is also probably a little you know being yes. humble you know yes i know what you're saying but there's also an aspect to it and and this is part of his language is when you think of lord of the rings 
elfish, mm-hmm. for example, or you know, dwarves. Let's call, talk about dwarves. The story of dwarves, there's a bunch of different dwarves. When you think of the book The Hobbit, you have like the dwarves from the different types of mountains. There's different dialects of dwarves. Yes. They're all dwarves, but they all have a different dialect. So mm-hmm. there's a different different thing. It's kind of like when you think of Spanish. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Spanish-speaking people out there, but they're a little bit different. It's tweaked a little bit yes. to where it's a different dialect. And there he created the languages for that because he wanted to create the story. So if you look into like what you what we would just think of as elfish, there's actually 15 different versions of the language elvish. Well, there's two main ones. Yeah, there's probably two main ones, which you probably... Which I, I can break all that down, so tell me when you want me to do that. <laughs> well, I... Or are you going to take it bit by bit? I mean, we, you can break it down just so people understand, because okay. I know you did research I for did. this episode, but I kind of just want to just talk about it in general, and we can loosely talk about it after you explain it. Okay. So go ahead and explain it. So uh, just a quick shout out to an individual called Lindsay Ellis. She did a video on the YouTube channel called Storied. Mm-hmm. and she is the one I got a lot of information from. Mm-hmm. So I figured if we're going to comment and talk about this and the ideas behind it, I might as well learn as much as I can. Found her, watched her stuff, and she broke it down really nicely. Um, so just wanted to shout that out. So some of the things I might say here, if you went and saw her video, you might uh, notice I am repeating, so I don't want it to sound like I'm, I'm, I just know all this mm-hmm. by myself. Um, so the first thing that, one of the first things I think in the books that is mentioned that's not an English word is Moria. So talking Mm -hmm. about the mines of Moria. And that is the first non-English word that's really brought up or that's mentioned. I don't exactly know if it's in the book or if it was like one of the first ones he was started with, but pretty much. So it's translated the same thing. It's black chasm, and uh, in dwarvish, it's called Kazadum, right? Mm-hmm. So they call Moria Kazadum. Moria is the elvish. It is the gray elves, which is called Sindarin, which I will go into in a minute. Mm-hmm. So, just for example, like I thought that's an interesting fact to just throw it out there. I think um, before you get in the second one, I yes. just want to cut you off a second because I have a Okay. Um, the language of Elvish, I think, uh-huh. was... I don't know if it's his main language, but I think that's the one that he loved the most because that's the one that we hear when we think of Lord of the Rings languages. I mean, there's a lot, like Dwarvish. Um, the Ents had a language. The, the Dwarves, I know I already said that. The, yeah, there are... The there, Orcs, the... Uh, there's so many different languages, but... Mm-hmm. Elvish is the kind of the language that's really beautiful and people like to speak because it's the most common. Well, it's kind of and Elvish and Dwarvish are kind of at yes. odds. They are kind of the two main um, in Middle Earth. They're mm-hmm. the two main languages that are used most commonly. But did you know? And besides, I didn't know this. The English. I language. just found this out doing research for this episode. Mm-hmm. J.R.R. Tolkien. When he was writing the book, he was going to write it in all Elvish. Was he really? Yeah, not English. But because people wouldn't be able to understand it unless they knew the language, mm-hmm. 
then he kind of ex-nade the idea. He kind of got shot down. Well, that was probably smart mm-hmm. on his side because yeah. I don't think many people would. But listen, so talking about English and not Elvish, he actually did preface what we call English as a different thing. Okay. So it's the same language, but he called it something different. The common tongue, they actually talk about this in the movies, they say the common tongue. It, it's the, uh, the modern, current, common language. We, we hear it as English, but he called it Westron. Westron. And the Old English, so there was another common tongue, but it, wasn't, it was more an older version of what they spoke. It was called, by the way, I'm not going to be able to pronounce everything, but Rohiric. So they, it, it comes from the no. Rohan land. Yeah. Yes. So that was the kind of like riders. the old, yeah, that was kind of like the old English, what we would call old English. He prefaced that. So they, they spoke this Westeron or this native or common tongue language, but they spoke it in more of like an old, more upscale way. But the common person spoke a language like the Hobbits called Westron. Now, the Hobbits did have their own language, but we didn't ever see that in the movies. So we're just going to kind of move past that. We're going to talk about ones that are mostly used in the movies. Yeah. I And I think, too, a lot of it was adapted into what we call English. Yes. My spitting? I, I kind of did. Or is that you? <laughs> what okay. we call English, yeah. just so people can understand the story mm-hmm. more of but I think that's cool that he he decided to preface and give it a different name, yeah, and call it the common tongue. Mm-hmm. But it's also it's also just English, but we can understand it clearly. Yeah, I mean, well, as us as Americans, we think, oh, we speak English. That's the, the superior language. No, we just <laughs> think that because we're from America. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, there are there are other languages that that come that are also English, but um, but yeah, there's, I mean. I mean, us as Americans, we're very ignorant to language. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least where we are here in the kind of the south mm-hmm. area of that side of the United States. Yeah. South Carolina or Virginia yeah. area. <laughs> I thought it was interesting that he prefaced this. And also, Bilbo wrote the book, um, There and Back Again, mm-hmm. in, in different the Western language. Oh. He was writing it. He was writing English words. They just had a very stylistic feel to it Did but he was writing it in western it, uh, modern tongue language and i think which is just English. i think i remember this he did have some uh dwarf yeah. dialect in it because he because and this is something that we don't see well, there as and much back in the again stories. there and back again was written very similarly to the way he wrote the books yeah so they were in the books if you read it he would J.R.R. Tolkien would say, and they sung, they sang a song, yeah. and then he gives you three pages of all the lyrics to the song. You yeah. know what I mean? And so he, he, it was written in a similar way, except with other languages. So it would show you how the language looks, like the on the One Ring. It showed you in the book yeah. the way it was written out. Something that, and this is Peter Jackson's version of the Lord of the Rings, and Peter Jackson did great. I don't want to cut Peter Jackson down at all. Mm-hmm. But something that he took out of the film that we do not see. You mean took took out of the books? Took, no, he took out of the film okay. was in the books. Okay. Bilbo, yes, he lived in the Shire. And yes, after his birthday, he kind of went off and lived with the elves. Mm-hmm. 
But during that time, and because he went on the story of The Hobbit and mm-hmm. fell in love with the dwarves and their kind and who had a lot of friends around the dwarves. Yeah. Dwarf communities. Dwarf communities, yeah. <laughs> there was a lot more dwarves in the book, especially evolving his birthday at the beginning of the first movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that's was true. there was no dwarves in the movie. But yeah. there was dwarves at his birthday. Yeah, he birthday had a lot party. of dwarf friends. Had a lot of good connections there. That is true. And there was they probably he probably didn't include that because he knew so many people were going to come watch the movies who never read the books. Mm-hmm. They're going to see... It's already hard enough to be like, okay, who's this wizard? Why are they yeah. going to a little town that's really happy in grassland with small people with hair on their feet? There's so many questions that someone who, who, doesn't, who hasn't read the books or doesn't understand the world would yeah. come into and be like, this is so confusing. All of a sudden you see dwarves there. And then you're like, oh, okay, dwarves is like neighbors to the Shire. And then you realize, no, dwarves are are proud people on the other side of the world. And they have this whole backstory. And it's like, well, then why were at the Shire? (laughs) Why were they at the Shire? And then you'd be like, well, you know, Bilbo had this backstory where they went and hunted a dragon to steal the gold to take everything. I mean, there's too much there, you (laughs) know? So that is true. I think it would have been cool if, you know, it would have been cool. What? If at the birthday party or something, they kind of just mentioned like, I don't know, some of the food or I don't know, like the ale or something was like a dwarfish version. It's like, that's well, not they, a shire. They had a lot of moments where they pointed back to yeah. Bilbo's past that hadn't that we hadn't seen on screen yet. You know, yeah. they had a lot of moments of that. I mean, I yeah, I don't want to cut Peter Jackson down at all because I think he had to make some creative choices when he had created films. I mean, the films are what three, four hours long. Mm. He couldn't put everything in there, but he he so he did a good job. Yeah. But there was some of that aspect. There's a that, lot of the books that aren't in the movies. Yeah. They're not like the Hunger Games. The Hunger Games was pretty spot have on. You, <laughs> have you? And I know you know the story, and you've read here and there. I know for sure. But have you sat down and read the whole Hobbit? You keep and asking Lord me. Things? I've I've read the whole Hobbit. I read half of the first. Okay. The Fellowship. And then I only read on the Two Towers and on Return of the King, I only read Frodo, Sam, and Gollum's part, which is literally um, half the book. You should um, go back and read it. It's really good. Yeah, I know. I read all of um, but, I, but even in the little bit of me incompletely reading it, mm-hmm. I know that there's so much missing from mm-hmm. the films. Okay. I want to get back into languages. Before we do that, though, I want to kind of throw you under the bus for a second. No, don't do that. We did not have a copy of the first Lord of the Rings book. So you're like, our friend who you had, you graduated with in high school, mm-hmm. Will Epps. You're like, hey, can I borrow your copy of Lord of the Rings? He's Don't like, do okay, this. Give it back when you finish it. Guess what? You never gave it back. You moved to Columbia. I still have it today. You still have Will Epps' book? Was it I with saw, you? Yeah. When I saw him, well, I used to, well, I didn't see him for a while because you graduated with him. We moved away. We then, a couple years later, we started going to the same church and we were kind of in the same college and career group. And I was like, something Lord of the Rings came up and I was like, oh, by the way, I have your book. And he's like, I know your brother took it from me. I still remember this. And then I didn't know I took it from him and didn't give it back. And I was like, I can give it back to you. And then I just never did. So throw me under the bus. Yeah. Now you're under the bus, sir. You are not me. Will Epps, if you ever watch this, which you might not, probably not. If you want your book, you have to come to Virginia to get it. Yeah, 
and you have to ask Joshua because I don't <laughs> have it anymore. I was mm. just the original sinner. Joshua mm. is well, the current thief. You never finished the book. I got it, and then I finished. I read the whole thing. Okay. So it was a good book to read, and I would read it again. Yes. All right. So we talked about... Um, we talked a little bit about the Moria origins, the translation. We talked a little bit about um, the common tongue, Westron and Rohiric. Mm-hmm. Um, I did want to mention, going mm-hmm. back to the incomplete languages of this, do you know that the movies did not elaborate on everything? They had a linguist come in and create a lot of the stuff to fill in the gaps for the movies. I did not know that. The guy's know- name was David Salo was the linguist on the movies. He came in because the languages were incomplete. You can't have a conversation in these languages. There's more like, it was, a lot of it was done, but for a language, it was incomplete. And so David Salo studied the languages. He filled in the gaps where he thought it was a good creative choice. Mm. And they created these conversations in these other languages, but not all of it was approved by J.R.R. Tolkien. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yes. So, and like I said, I watched an interview where J.R.R. Tolkien said, they're not complete. Yeah. They never will be. They're, it's it's too much. Too um, much work needs to be done. Let's, I, I, we can get into more before that, but did you know J.R.R. Tolkien, I'm not even talking about creating languages, you uh-huh. know, he spoke 35 different languages outside of the Lord of the Rings. No, I didn't know that. He knew a lot of languages, my guy. <laughs> well, he was, I think languages was his obsession. It was. More than, I mean, he Have was you creative, seen a... but no, I haven't. Okay. I haven't seen the movie Tolkien. Tolkien. It's a, a lot of people say it's not completely accurate. They left a lot out and they should have put more in, but it's just not pleasing the nerds. The nerds are never going to be happy. Geeks, dog. Get the terms right. N- nerds. They're a bunch geeks. of nerds. No, geeks are people who take the movie and they're like this is cool i'm gonna study it more the version i said are just people who are angry the nerds are yeah. like uh content nazis yeah. <laughs> yeah so a lot of people said they didn't like it because there was a lot of stuff that was not in there but i really liked the, the movie it was a good movie there gotcha. in it he used this word celador mm-hmm. to describe just a beautiful language. Mm-hmm. I like that. There's also a scene in that film, and we should watch it, uh, where he gets really drunk, and he's he's at his college because he got kicked out of school for the, or he like flunked out for his major yeah. that he did before he went into linguist to become a linguist, mm-hmm. and he's just completely drunk out in the courtyard. It's like midnight, mm-hmm. and he's speaking elvish and it's so beautiful he's just out under the stars speaking elvish and people are opening up their windows they're like <laughs> cussing at him and stuff go to bed it's so late <laughs> it's such a beautiful scene yeah you need to go in, on youtube and listen to recordings of of the real jared tolgan speaking elvish Dude. it's he does it great it's mm-hmm. crazy um let me get to speaking of elvish the language i'm gonna do a quick breakdown for you um, so there are a lot of accents and dialects. Keep talking. I'm going to be typing on my phone for a second. But okay, so we're gonna. I'm gonna break this down. Think of the think of the our language Latin, right? From Latin, which was a language and is a language, 
originated other languages. Languages like English, Spanish, German, Persian, etc. Hindi, I think, is one. Hindi's a language, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, Irish. So these are languages that originated out of Latin. So, yeah. With with Elvish tongue, mm -hmm. it is the same thing. The reason why is because he wanted it to feel like a language that's been lived in for generations. Yeah, like I said, there was like fifteen different yeah. versions. But of there's what? The language. But you're saying there's like there's dialects almost. Yeah. But these are actually two separate languages that fall under the Elvish category. Okay. Um, the Latin, the original, is something called Quindian. Quindian. Now, again, I'm not going to pronounce everything correctly, yeah. but Quindian, it's pretty close. Then, um, from that branched two elf languages, one is made for the high elves so the ones that were um you know how in the movies they talk about you know across the sea and then they came to middle earth oh yeah you know yeah. those those elves are considered high elves there's other mm -hmm. elves like gray elves so people like legolas and his father and the yeah. the ones that, that live born, at rivendale you born know in born in middle earth yes uh that essentially have been cultivated and grown they're called gray elves mm -hmm. so um, the most common elf tongue that they speak mostly in the films is called Sindarin, which is a branch of Quendarin. Yeah, and then the other, and that's what most elves speak, especially the gray elves. Then there's also this one's hard for me to do because I think I'm pronouncing it wrong, but Quenya. Okay, Quenya. That is the language that is unique to the high elves that they do speak sometimes in the films, like at the end. When Aragorn is singing that song after he's been crowned king. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. That one. That is and also, in that is in High Elvish, which is Quenya language. Um and uh this is something that's in the extended version of the fellowship, the first movie. When this is right before Frodo gets stabbed by the uh black uh mm -hmm. rider. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of shows them that they're in a swampy area and he's Legolas, uh, not Legolas, uh, Aragorn Strider at this point mm -hmm. because they only know him as Strider is singing and Frodo kind of references, he's like, who's the woman you speak of? Mm -hmm. And and he's talking about the lady who was loved but he, he had to let go because she was, it, he was, she was loved by the mortal. Mm -hmm. But he's probably talking in the Grey Elves Sindarin dialect. Yeah. Um, the reason for that is that's the most common. The elves, I mean, the the hobbits were actually knew a little bit of that elvish tongue. Yeah. But whenever whenever people talk about like, oh, the the high elves or the language they're speaking. Who when was like myth? Uh, not Mithrandian. That's that's great. That's uh, Gandalf. Mm -hmm. Um, the the white elf, the lady elf. Elf. What's her name? Galadriel. Galadriel, yeah. She speaks, when she speaks, she speaks in High Elf. Um, Quenya, I believe is how you yeah. pronounce it. Um, Maybe Quenya? Uh, Quenya? Not Legolas, Aragorn. Mm -hmm. I want to really quickly just kind of give a brief story who Aragorn is because we're talking about Aragorn and people might not know because he, as 
Well, we this think is of a, as like a, <laughs> if they're this the deep king. in, I think they're fans of. <laughs> okay. Just really um, quickly though, Lord of the Rings. his like mom was uh, elf. Yeah. And his dad was not. Yeah. He was the mortal king, or the heir to the throne. Gondor. Yes, that's how he became the king at the end of the movies because his father. But he had a elf mother, which made him not immortal, but he lived really a long old. Time. In the movies, Aragorn's supposed More to be like old, 80 yeah. years old. 80 years old, and he looks like probably he's 35, maybe yeah. 40 at the most. So he's going to live a long time. Um, but, uh, so that's that's a basic breakdown of the elf language from a, from a high point of view. Is you got Quendian, and then you got Quenya and Sindarin. Sindarin is the one we hear most of the time in the movies when elves are speaking because it's the common tongue of elf language. Mm. Um, what are you smiling at? You look like you're know. about to I'm laugh. Just, I'm just thinking we're a bunch of nerds doing this podcast. It's good though. It's yeah. good. It's beautiful. We're breaking it down. All of this to say, which we're going to get to later, is the creativity and the mindset and the beauty in what J.R.R. Tolkien did. And mm-hmm. we're going to give our thoughts on it. But I have to get through all this information. This one is fascinating to me. Okay. Wait. Keep spitting out some stuff, my guy. All right. The language that Sauron spoke. Oh, yeah. No one spoke that language hardly at all, except ancient beings, or understood it except for ancient beings like, guess who? Gandalf. Do you know know the backstory briefly to give how, because we already said elves, most elves, yes, there were some born in Middle-earth, but... They descended from the elves who came across the ocean. Yes, but I, I don't... I, Do you not want to get into that? That has to be a different different episode. Okay, well, I'm just saying there's languages and the elves dialect. Came, elves came to Middle-earth. Yeah, that's how... They didn't originate in dialect. Yeah. And this is the... Especially the wizards and the their colors and all this stuff. That ties in with all of how why they're in middle earth and how they got there too so mm-hmm. i'm just saying this involves their language a little bit we can't break down all of we can't i would say we stay away from there we just talk about this for now okay because we can break down lord of the rings in many episodes yeah um but let me get back to this so sauron he created a language only for himself okay um it resembles the way when you write it out it resembles elvish but there are elements that aren't really elvish, and it doesn't speak like elvish either. Um, Is it more of the one like ring a darker? The one ring had yeah. his language, so that's when okay. when like a um what did what did a what do they call it like a, a language of I can't even think. Gandalf says I will not speak it. That's you no know, yes, but that's why language. when Frodo is over there looking at it at the beginning, and he's like, it's some form of elvish. Hmm. I can't read it. And then Gandalf's like, Oh, yeah, more there are few who can. It's because it looks like Elvish. It's kind of like Elvish, but yeah. it's not. It is called Black Speech. That is the official name of that language. Mm-hmm. It is an evil language created by Sauron himself in order to speak to his followers, to himself, mm-hmm. uh, for himself. Um, it originated with him. There's no history behind it except Sauron himself. That's a really cool one. Yeah. It's kind of creepy when you think about it, but it's true. It's what it is. Um, and then we get to Dwarvish, which the correct name is Kazadu. Mm-hmm. 
That is the terminology. So we're gonna call yeah. it dwarvish. Hold up. Same way Let's we call it elvish. All right, listen think to of this. that. Before listen we to... go on, I wanna I wanna All meditate right. on that small thing. Say that again. Kazadu. Kazadu. How how do you think he came up with Kazadu? I don't want to get too much of this, but that word sticks out. I don't know. Me. He probably pronounced it differently. Ka- Cause I do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Cause I do. Yeah. Cause I do. Um, it's so interesting because, and like I referenced earlier in the film, he said cellar door. It's a cellar door. Yeah. Oh, to, to us that's weird. It's a cellar door, but like he said. A lot of these you might not. You probably it's just can't. how you pronounce things out of your mouth and it becomes yeah. language, and we put a meaning behind it. That is, but he also would take like three words or phrases and combine them. Yeah, you know. So and not not just like words. He used. I know he what liked, you're saying. I'm just... He liked the the way our mouths made a sound to create the word door. Mm-hmm. He liked that word. We put meaning behind it because we think of a thing that swings open and shut and we enter and close with it. So mm-hmm. we say door. That's what we think of. But if there was no meaning behind it, just someone said door. All of a sudden it's empty. It's empty, but it's a beautiful noise that comes out of your mouth. Door. Door. Door is beautiful. I suppose. Let it, me get back to this. Yeah. Kazadu. It is... When you say the term elvish and dwarvish, mm-hmm. that would be like me saying we speak a mm, human. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, or we speak human American. <laughs> That's like what, what you would say. Yeah. It's not correct. We say we speak English. So when we talk about people speaking dwarvish, we should really say they're speaking Kazadu. Same with elvish. We shouldn't say they speak elvish. We should say they speak Cinderin. Make okay. sense? Yeah. Um, <coughs> as we talked about on the Midnight Special, or was mentioned, Kazadu, or or Dwarvish, whatever you want to refer to it as, originates from the languages of Arabic and Hebrew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, there are aspects. There's inspiration pulled from those. Um, yeah, and Jamark was right. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? The, there was certain writings and comments is made that in today's climate would be considered probably a little anti-Semitic okay. <laughs> about Jewish people in regards <laughs> to <laughs> about about dwarves and Jewish people. Okay. <laughs> like it was a joke on the Midnight Special, and then when I did research, it was a little tone deaf. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, um, well, there also wasn't cancel culture back then. That's right. He could say what he wanted, mm-hmm. and no one cared. Um. There's also, do you know that dwarves what have Jared a Tolkien? secret Isn't language? He... Do you know how they have a secret language? What is J.R. Tolkien? Is he Jewish? I don't think so. What is his uh, background? I don't know. I, I We need to look this up because I bet this is why this kind of involves all of this uh, hmm. This background. We didn't, we didn't even look this up. What nationality is was J.R.R. Tolkien? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he's I, English. He's from England. Yeah. Um, the English writer. Nope, not Jewish. Um. Okay. That is was, that's uh, what I was thinking, but maybe okay. I guess that's not right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, South Africa. Yeah, South Africa. I mean, that's that's where he's from. Yeah. They, I mean, that's then he what, he died yeah. in England. Um. Yep. Okay. Nope. Not Jewish. So 
kind of South African, uh, but English. Okay, either way, do you know that dwarves mm-hmm. have a secret language? Mm-hmm. It is called Kurth. Kurth. Did you know, But and I don't know if you put this on your paper or not, you, you might have. You know, they also, he created like a, a sign language, not even just speaking, version that the dwarves have. No, I didn't know that. Um, He created this because he said when they were in the mines working and uh, mining for gold and stuff. They had to be able to communicate from long distances. Communicate from long distances and because they couldn't hear each other because it was very noisy in the mountains when Mm -hmm. they're drilling, banging, uh, Mm -hmm. hammering, and stuff like that. So they would have this kind of sign language that he created. So he didn't just create languages. Yeah. That's interesting. He created sign languages. Or at least well, one, one version of it. Did he create it or did they say they do it? Because he I think he created it. Or at least a portion of it. I guess knowing him, it would, he would have to create it. Yeah. Um, but yes, there is a a secret language that the dwarves have called Kurth. Um, they, you see it in writings and stuff. Don't ever really hear them speak it. Mm-hmm. And it's a secret language that most all dwarves probably know. But don't use it because it's secret. It's very they want to keep it to themselves. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Yeah. It's well, the dwarves detail. are very. He created the dwarf group of people, or just race, mm-hmm. as very secretive, or just they want to want to keep to themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're kind of like the hobbits a little bit, but they just want their own thing. I mean, like their gold. They were very selfish with their gold and with their their resources. So. Okay. Um, another interesting fact. Do you remember the Ents? Yeah. Tree, tree people? Tree people, yeah. Did you know <laughs> theirs is one of the oldest languages in Middle-earth because they've been around the longest and even the most smartest, even the high elves who know a lot can't even learn mm. old Entish language. Now, they don't speak it in the uh, the films. Do they? Though? Yeah, I think I, they don't. They don't speak it in the films. They don't. Okay. This is an older language. Um, I'm pretty sure they don't. I'm trying to think. I don't think they did. Okay. But they said one of the biggest reasons why is because they alluded to it with a phrase that he says. Um, they, they take a long time to say what they're saying, right? They talk very slowly and it takes a long time to get there. Um, old Entish was like that, but it was really detailed, really descriptive, really slow, but also there's a lot packed into the language just to say simple stuff. So it was hard to learn even the most fun fact, even the most smart people in Middle Earth couldn't learn it. How long do you think a podcast, uh, or a 15 minute podcast would be an, an old entish. Uh, it would probably be about <laughs> three four days. or five hours. <laughs> or like three days. What should be a fifteen minute podcast? Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it would it would be it would probably get boring to listen to. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, even think of the way they portrayed the, the speaking in the movies. There, he's like, <laughs> I think the funniest thing about it is that he's breathing in and out as he's talking. Yeah. He's so like, he's like. The trees <laughs> are awakening. <laughs> you know? He's like talking through his breathing in and out. <gasps> oh, the guy who played Gimli voiced him. Do you know that? Yeah, I did. Oh, it's a great voice. 
Once you learn that, though, it kind of sounds like Gimli's just talking funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think that's most of the stuff I've done except for the big teaser at the end, which I will leave okay. until later. Um, however, mm. when we reflect on all of this, what about J.R.R. Tolkien stands out to you? Like He smokes he, a pipe. Yes, he does. Well, that wasn't where I was going, but... What do you think about his creativity? Because he always said you start from he started from the languages and built a world around it. Yeah. Well, for one, I think because of the time he lived in, uh-huh. I think it was a different form of art, especially when you talk about things like Entish or. I don't know, all these different languages that he wrote for the story, Lord of the Rings. He had time and he created those because he fell in love with the story. He took the time to create this and put the energy and time into it. Yes. And in today's culture, I think when we think of art, yes, there's people that put time into it. I'm not demeaning all forms of art, but most of it, especially from YouTube, there's, yeah, quick out and start something new we got to get this content out create mm-hmm. it and that's even films today i mean Think 10 about years this. ago it took them like five years to create a film now yeah. it takes them a year half a year couple six months. months yeah and then they come up with it in a year yeah the thing is everyone always says that J.R. tolkien took his whole life to make this these, yeah. this story that's and why at the good. end of his life he was still saying it's not done. Mm-hmm. Like the story's not done, the languages aren't finished. It's not complete. Mm-hmm. And he had spent his whole life doing it. So that brings me to this idea yeah. of what do you think about true artists or really good artists that last that make a difference? Um yeah. usually spend their whole life trying to tell. They usually tell multiple stories, but really tell one story. You know what I mean? I think I'm if you actually like get into their story and it's it's beautiful to follow, but I think they are punished, like I said, by the time frame they're in. Mm-hmm. I think back then things were a little bit slower. Now we have social media, we have all this stuff, we want things now, now, now. So the time is different. It's yeah. hard to be that artist that takes the time to create something that's worth a lot. I mean, even today, if you create something like furniture, that's wood, like piece of wood. We have things like you can make ten of these in a few hours. Yeah, like I uh, IKEA. You yeah. go and buy IKEA furniture because it's cheap and it's like made fast. It's but someone who makes a table that it takes them a year to make a table. Mm-hmm. They're gonna sell that table for a year's worth of wage because they put their year into it. Mm -hmm. But nobody's going to pay that. Very few will. But that's a great... But think about this. You only have to sell one. But who are you going to sell it to? You got to find them. Mm -hmm. They're probably somebody out there. I heard this one podcast recently. um, I think we should spend our time investing in that type of art. What? Rather than quick art. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I heard this uh, 
this pastor, Erwin McManus, on his podcast with his son, because it's called Battle Ready. He's he's recently opening a clothes line, mm-hmm. clothing line. He's a pastor. He likes... Mm-hmm. All right, that was... You're picking stuff, and it's, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. He likes uh, fashion. Okay. He has a bunch of material that he spent a lot of money to buy that he's held on to for years. Material from World War II. Okay. He's creating pants, coats, very stylish clothing. He's making it himself, not by himself, but he's him and his team. Making it himself, and they're selling it. He has pieces that are going for Mm $5,000. Expensive pieces of clothing, but he has this branding that is past, present, and future, essentially, Mm -hmm. um, or preparing for the future. So it's not stuff that's like super ingrained in what's, what's cool now but mm-hmm. it's going it's taking old stuff that's been around for decades and then creating something that looks good now that you can use now but it's also built to last far into the future and you'll want to keep wearing it throughout your life because of the way it's designed because of the way it's built because of the way it feels yeah you know that's so i heard someone talking about and this is a guy he made a video on youtube that i saw about things that you should invest in when in your 20s. And he, one of them was, he said, a really nice expensive watch. He said the reason for that is not to buy it for yourself and have that as value, but so that you can have a good, really good watch that will last and you can pass down to the generation after you. And then they can pass it down to their generation and generation Okay, well, we were talking about trinkets that Olin mm-hmm. Rogers, uh, not Olin Rogers, <laughs> uh, Peter McKinnon yeah. is making. Do you think his trinkets have value, or what kind of trinkets like that do you think are worth investing I mean, I think in? they have some value. I don't know if they're passed down to next generation value, mm-hmm. but they are value. I mean, even he, he sells like pens. His pens are not pens you just pick up use throw away not the dollar store pens they're pens you have and you you're like the big business guy that comes in a suit a nice suit like skinny tie fitted type clothes and then you're like okay i'm signing this contract for a hundred thousand dollars okay i'm gonna take out this pen click (laughs) click (laughs) so it's the kind of pen you use to sign away millions of dollars not sign sign to get millions of dollars yeah well, what do you think about his coins that he's making that has his brand on it? Because I've loved that idea even before mm-hmm. I was seeing him do it. Since I watched Pirates of the Caribbean, mm-hmm. they had the medallions. I've always wanted to do that. But mm-hmm. I all it's hard to wrestle in my head. I'm like, but who wants to buy like yeah. pirate coins or like medallions? And then all of a sudden he comes around and he's mm-hmm. doing it with his brand. Yeah. And it seems like people want them, but what what purpose do they serve? Like they're not jewelry; you don't wear it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's literally just a collector's item, yeah. but it's your brand. So, like, is it that valuable that people would be like, "Yes, this is like so important to me"? Yeah, I guess it's it's the creator too. I think Peter McKinnon is a little different than normal brands and creators, though, because mm-hmm. he has his magic involved with his photography with his brand, his YouTube channel, he has his pirate stuff. It's all kind of encompassed together. And he has this this brand that's very unique. Mm-hmm. That I mean, Well, it's unique when he started it. I think a lot of people copy it today yeah. because of well, him. Well, at least his photography and yeah. video style. 
Yes. That's very unique with him and people that have copied. So it seems not as unique anymore. Mm -hmm. But I think he was the original creator, or the one who kind of perfected and created well, something he, new. Well, he started the trend. He yeah. got very popular. And all of a sudden, everybody who's interested in photography or video or didn't know they were interested, they saw his stuff and they're like, I want to do that. Mm -hmm. you I, know? I saw. I want to be cool like him. A photographer advertised for here in Virginia Beach. And I was like, ooh, I, a photographer in the area. I clicked on it. I'm like, I like his photos. He's really cool. And he had a picture of him kind of walking away. Someone took a picture of him kind of as a behind shot walking away. Mm -hmm. And he had a backpack on. And I'm like, wait a minute. I clicked on it. I zoomed in. It was Peter McKinnon's backpack. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. If you go on and you look at, that's what I've noticed. <laughs> People you probably know, especially dudes. <laughs> if if they're into photography, they have all of these awesome looking pictures on their profile and it looks really nice. Just take a look and see who they're following. <laughs> they're following Peter McKinnon. <laughs> you can bet your butt that they're, they are, well, actually cross-reference. Look at their Instagram. Look at his Instagram. Yeah. See how similar they are. <laughs> um, see for yourself. It, it's kind of funny because I, one day I, when I was at school, and we're not we're talking about Lord of the Rings. I don't know why we're talking about Peter McKinnon now, but I was at school and I looked up how to do something editing wise, mm -hmm. and I found this creator called Peter McKinnon. He had about fifty thousand subscribers at the time, maybe a little bit less. Okay, and I'm like, I like this dude, and I started watching his vlogs. I went back; he had long hair on mm -hmm. his first videos, yep. and. And then I just kept watching him. And I told you about him shortly after. Mm -hmm. And that's when you started watching him. And then he just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And within like six months to a year, he had over a million. And mm -hmm. then he just keeps growing. Subscribers, mm -hmm. not dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and well, probably that too. He probably had a million dollars a little bit before he had a million subscribers. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, he uh, he figured something out. Maybe it was just his style and it caught it caught people's attention yeah. and all of a sudden he's banking on it. But now he's doing something different. Now he's leaning into some pirate stuff. Um his yeah. second brand with Which is uh, interesting because Pete's Pirate Life. Yeah, we've always had this kind of pirate vibe with us. We don't show it as much in our Now we're gonna th now everyone's gonna think we're yeah. copying Peter McKinnon. And, and we don't show it as much with our like <clears throat> brand. Yeah. As much, but we've always wanted to. And we kind of had this with like black pirates and growing mm -hmm. up. Yeah, there's a there's a deep seated interest and in nostalgia for us yeah. and behind pirate uh, branding culture. Mm -hmm. Things like weaponry, things like medallions, things like ships, things like sailing. Yeah. I was talking to someone oh, the other man. day, and they were talking about. They're like, I want to protect myself and get a gun, and I'm like. I don't have any guns, but if someone tried to break into my apartment, I'd pull my sword out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's actually this, uh, well, never mind. I'm not going to talk about it. There's this Instagram that Wyatt shared with me that's really good. It's called um, Pirate Forge. And they do awesome knives and awesome machetes and awesome big swords. They have rope that's about that thick that they'll tie and hold. And they'll, with one swipe, just... With their yeah, like machete, awesome. or they'll throw a piece of paper in the air, and they'll slice it through in slow motion. It's really cool. Um, 
But since we talked about <laughs> yeah, going back, since we talked about branding, mm-hmm. talked about working on stuff that you're passionate about, and getting back to this idea of telling stories, like J.R. Tolkien did, took his whole life to tell stories. He he branded his life based on this story mm-hmm. in many ways. Doesn't matter how many stories he told. <laughs> when you say J.R. Tolkien, think writing mm-hmm. Middle Earth books. <laughs> you know, that's what you think. And it wasn't even done compared to him. And then you also have yeah. other people like um, now. Obviously, C.S. Lewis wrote a bunch of books. He's known for a few more things. But a big story for him was Narnia. Yeah. It had a number of movies made off of his. Um, uh, who else? Stephen King. Sadly, I feel like he might be remembered for it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Sure. Well, but people still know his other they work. Know his, they know he does other work. Um, and if they don't read. If you read, you most likely have read a few things of his. Mm-hmm. I just feel like, okay. And then you get into filmmakers. Peter Jackson. You're going to always remember Peter Jackson did Lord of the Rings. But he also did King Kong. He also did, but like, do people really care? I do. Do people? I I do. <laughs> there's always yeah. people out there that care. I'm just saying, do most people really care? Mm-hmm. No, because he did Lord of the Rings. It overshadows everything. Yeah. Um, what other what other directors? Um, I I know Indiana Jones is popular, but you did you had uh, what's what even no. Indiana Jones, Star Wars, what's his name? Steve, oh, George Lucas. George Lucas, yes. Wait. I think you... I'm drawing a blank right here. I Are they... George Lucas didn't do Indiana Jones? Well, let's see. And if he did, it proves my point. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Let's see. I think you're getting this mixed up. Who was guy. the director of Raiders of the Lost Ark? Oh, as Steven Spielberg. Yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Guy. What did George Lucas do? Because I thought he did something with Star the... Wars. No, besides Star Wars, what did <laughs> he do? I mean, he's he's on the list of Raiders for Lost Ark. Hmm. I don't when know. he comes up, what, 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 what did he do? I don't know. He probably was involved somehow. Yeah. Um, maybe the writing process. Maybe. I don't know. We'll figure it out. He was involved, and he's done other things. Let me see what other things he's done besides he was on all. He worked on all of the Indiana Joneses. Mm-hmm. Um, most everything he did was obviously Star Wars. Um, but he's done quite a few things, quite a few. But then we look back at that and we say he's definitely only Star Wars. That's mm-hmm. his thing. And then maybe Steven Spielberg's a mixed bag. Um, but maybe a couple big ones is Jurassic Park. Yeah. Uh, E.T. Ooh, Back to know. the Future. Back to the Future. Back to the Future, my guy. He's directed Back to the Future. He directed so much stuff. Don't get, don't jump on me for not knowing that. Oh my goodness. That's. Don't jump on me for not knowing guy. that. My guy. my guy. Don't say that. You just don't, because you don't like the film Back to the Future. You're right. I don't. What? Do you not remember watching Ready Player One? Yes, I watched it. What was his vehicle in that movie? 
We watched it together. But it doesn't matter. That was just 80s stuff. It wasn't all of Steven Spielberg's it was, stuff. Yeah, did Steven Spielberg do mostly. Chucky? Chucky was in that film. He did. No, he didn't. I'm kidding. <laughs> but, you know, Steven Spielberg was, if he didn't direct it, he was a producer on a lot well, of Well, Steven Spielberg things. has been a producer and an executive producer, which just means he gave money to things. Yeah. You or know, he, volunteered. He was involved in uh, Men in Black. Yeah, I knew that one. I knew that one. But he's done so much stuff. That's why I'm saying he's a mixed bag. We talk about Steven Spielberg movies, big ones that come to mind, E.T., Jurassic Park, you know, Um, which he might be depressed about because he's done so much stuff. But most people are going to think of those. Yeah. Probably. So what I'm saying is, who do you think, do you think J.R.R. Tolkien is the greatest lifelong storyteller that told stories but predominantly told one had one story to give to the world for them to geek out about as much as possible for them to love and hold dear of all time of all time do you think he is the OG let me think about it for a couple seconds the one and the only who knocked it out of the park with single handed story telling Single-handed by, meaning, uh, yeah. dedicated his life to telling one story, which was Middle Earth. Maybe, I I can't think of anybody else. George Lucas with Star Wars might might be a close second, but he's he's still he's still around. And he's he not as legendary. It. He sold it off, and he sold it off. Yeah, my guy. I'm just trying to make a quick buck. <sighs> my guy. Maybe I wonder what I wonder what George Lucas would is going to be remembered as once he dies. How are we going to view him? Because we'll probably be around. <laughs> One of us, if not both of us. Uh, yeah, I wonder what it'll be like. How will, how will we will view George Lucas? He made some cheesy prequels. <laughs> I I got one for us. Um, I don't know his name. The Jeopardy guy. He just died. Alex Trebek. Alex Trebek. What do you think of Alex Trebek for? I think of him saying... His uh, swimsuit models, modeling that he did. He didn't do... Did I, he really? I don't know. <laughs> I'm kidding. At his young man with yeah. his swimsuits showing <laughs> half of his thigh, but his belly button's covered. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine Alex Trebek. That would be funny. But yeah, everybody <laughs> thinks of him as Jeopardy. He dedicated a long... Time he dedicated his life. his life to telling a story of a game show. <laughs> the story of game show. And also giving fun facts about everything yeah. under the sun. <laughs> he was such a good guy. You never watched Jeopardy. Don't act like you were no, his buddy I, or something. I, I No, but I watched it enough to know, and I would watch it a decent amount. I wasn't a regular viewer, but he, he was definitely one of those uh, old guys that you just chuckle at. You know who will never... Who will never... Be as great as Alex Trebek. Hmm. The dude on Wheel of Fortune. What's his name? Yeah. What's his name? I don't know. Exactly. We don't know. People don't know. know. They're probably screaming at his forehead. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, man. Oh, you know, Alex Trebek had... Is his wife doing okay? Do you know? His wife was in the game show, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, I'm pretty sure the lady who touches the little squares pretty sure that's his wife 
I think we should go off. No, I'm thinking about Wheel Jeopardy of Fortune. Yeah. I think you. I'm getting them mixed up. Totally missed. Mixed yeah, up. Jeopardy. You don't know much about this. You probably should. Jeopardy talk about just. It. Oh man, I hate Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. <laughs> you're, this is like sacrilegious. What you're talking about? I never you're watched him. I never watched him. Mm. I didn't say. Alex Trebek, he's my buddy. He's no, such a good guy. That. I didn't say I didn't that. Say, I didn't say Let's he's a my of, guy. Let's get. I said he was a good guy. I said I just good said guy, not my guy. Alex Trebek told I stories and asked things things about fun facts. Okay. Let's get off of this. Let's go back to uh You brought it up. Something. Well, I was just trying to make a point. Okay. Uh so J.R.R. Tolkien. Do you love I, him or you hate him? Probably hate him. Why? Because he started something great and didn't finish it all the way. Yeah. His life wasn't no, long enough I don't to hate finish him. it. No, I mean, he created something really good. Um, I love the stories of Lord of the Rings. I mean, I w- talked about this watching it the other day. I mean, like, it's been a month probably now. Yeah. But I watched it, and I always w- will watch it every once in a while. I'll go back and watch the films again. I'll read the books. I'm listening to the book right now, The Hobbit, read, read by Andy Circus. Yeah. Which is great. Andy Circus in himself is cool, and he's been brought into that universe. Yeah, he's Gollum. Hmm. I think. Um, I think overall, I think he's probably the OG. I think he inspires everyone, and no one has been able to reach his level of excellence when it comes to storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, excellence to the point that it becomes boring. <laughs> Does that make sense? So it's like, mm. remember, you know how you're reading a manual that's really important? Maybe you're reading a a book about math. math. It's like the secrets to the universe, the way the world operates, the universe moves in measurements and distances and operates on this math equation. And it's really important stuff and it's crazy mm. and it's super deep, but it's just boring to look at sometimes until you understand how genius it is. Yeah. Sometimes his writing was like that. Sometimes he became boring. It was so incredibly intelligent. Well, no, I think I think he had a lot of backstory to it, which made it so in complex. Yes, very complex. I'm not saying but it was But he wasn't. tried to make it simplistic of just a hobbit out sitting on his porch, smoking his tobacco and enjoying the simple things in life. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot more than simple things. Yeah, he had languages. The thing is, he he would break down all this stuff. It it would it would get very detailed, and it would become almost too much to handle mentally sometimes. Mm-hmm. Not just in Lord of the Rings, but in all these other books as well. That's what I'm saying. I think brilliant. No one's been able to match his level. Be no. super hard. I think it's a worthy a worthy goal. But it's going to be difficult, and I don't know if we'll ever see one again. Um, and with that said, yeah, do you want me to he- tell you what Legolas's name means? Oh, yeah. I forgot <laughs> about this. Yeah. Okay. Well, I wrote it on the piece of paper, but I remember it. So, Legolas. Legolas. He has no legs. No. His, his full name is Legolas Greenleaf. Oh, yeah. I knew that. Um, the... The word, and this is funny, because leg, L-E-G, means, is interpreted as green. Mm -hmm. And 
less or o less is interpreted as multiple leaves. <laughs> so multiple green leaves? Multiple leaves. So if you take his first name and his last name as a direct uh, as they're mm-hmm. written and translated, his name is Greenleaf Greenleaf. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Legolas Greenleaf is his name is Greenleaf Greenleaf. I laughed when I saw that. Yeah. That's why I wanted to share it with you guys. And he also I mean he grew up in the forest of uh, what is it? Why is that? The Dark Forest. Um, it's on know. the Hobbit. It's yeah. in the Hobbit. That's uh, bad. We don't know. I mean, I know. I just can't think of it right well, now. Well, you you keep talking. I can't remember. Uh, the the forest of something. something. <laughs> forest. I don't. Of... I hate that. Yeah. I don't know, Joshua. Why'd yeah. you even bring it up? Well, that's where he's from. So he's. He's very deep into woods. Yeah. Yes. Well, he's he also is a gray elf. Yeah. So um, very earthy, raised in Middle Earth, not as angelic as the high elves. But he's still an elf, so he's very angelic. There are aspects of angelicism to him. But angelicism. also he gets dirty. You know, he's in a battle. He's grungy. His best friend's a little dwarf. grungy dwarf. Um, That's something. No, let's not get into that. <laughs> Okay, I don't want to get into a story. Okay, what story? Just how where he went at the end of the movie. No, we'll we can save that okay. for another breakdown. I think over time we should probably, especially in the next year, we should break down almost every character or duo like Merry and Pippin. We can break Ooh. them down together through the whole thing. Um, Legolas and Gimli. Uh, Aragorn by himself, Gollum by himself. Okay. Frodo and Sam. I hope you're a nerd because you're along for the journey. We're here to make geeks out of you. And with that said, plug everything. We're on Spotify. We have a show called Midnight Special with our friend Wyatt and John Mark. Mm-hmm. And then an occasional guest too. Um, we have another channel called Wise Works Entertainment that we do our short films on. So go watch that. We have Greater Remembering on there. We have one other film, and we're going to put uh, something, other things on it, but I don't want to plug those until they actually are on there. Okay, um, there's Greater Remembering at WiseWorks Entertainment YouTube channel. That's what yeah. you're talking about, right? Yeah. Yes. And we also go have the podcast. We have, what else do we have? What else should we plug? Subscribe to this channel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the main thing. <laughs> yeah. Subscribe to this channel. Go follow us on Spotify. Um, We really appreciate you're here. We love you. And we hope you had a great Thanksgiving. And have a wonderful time Christmas shopping, either online or in person. Do whatever makes you happy. Be safe. Take your vitamins. Drink a gallon of water. Mm -hmm. Subscribe to Olin Rogers. Bye.